At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. As we step into the new year, we're turning to the book of James for our message series, Live the Truth. In a culture preaching the power of whatever feels right to you, it's time to set aside positive vibes for a truth you can stand on. Join us as we answer James' call to reject the latest feel-good message for a mature faith. Well, church family, I have uh, created a little quiz for you today. Are you guys ready? All right, there's five questions. I do, in fact, want you to uh, keep tabs on how you're doing, all right? So here we go. Five quick quiz questions. What we're going to do is we're going to test how smart you are. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, how many of you hit the snooze button thinking that five more minutes is going to make all the difference? Okay? Just five more minutes will change everything. You've been there for hours, but five minutes. How many of you pack twice as many socks and underwear as the number of days you're going to be away when you travel? I want you to keep track of this, okay? That's question number two. How many of you double down on the socks and the underwear? Okay. How many of you take something when it isn't working and you smack it? I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? If it's broken, beat it. <laughs> when you're driving, how many of you try to, uh, you get to that point where you can't really figure out where you're going, and so what do you do? You turn down the radio. How many of you do that? Okay. And then finally, and this one may have happened to you just a few moments ago in our lobby. How many of you, when you're introducing yourself to someone new, you forget their name the minute it comes out of their mouth because you're so focused on saying your own name right, as if you're going to forget that. How many of you do that? Okay, so here we go. How many of you aced the quiz? 100%. Five out of five. All right, how many of you got four out of five? I'm guessing that we all checked a few of those boxes. Now, let me be honest. None of those things make a bit of sense. <laughs> None of those things are rational thought-based. None of them. Why do we do them? Why is it that we do those? Truth is, when most of us enter this room, if we stuck a, uh, a microphone in your face, you might not kind of brag about it, but you would acknowledge like, yeah, I'm reasonably smart. Certainly would not put myself, you know, in the dumb category. I'm not... Mensa, but I'm, but I'm not dumb either. Yet if our fun little quiz has shown us anything, we all have our moments, <laughs> don't we? We all have moments in our lives that we face and we don't necessarily understand. We come to that fork in the road and we struggle to make sense of which direction it is that we should go. We're facing many times in our culture today where we seek to navigate where it is that we are to go, what it is that we are to do, and yet we lack wisdom. Well, today we are going to be looking at a portion of God's word that shows believers 
what we can and what we should do when we need a better understanding. When we need to make sense of the things that we're facing in our lives, when we desperately need wisdom. Now, by show of hands, how many of you have felt that way? I need wisdom. How many of you have felt that way recently? I know I have. Well, this morning we are going to be continuing our sermon series in the book of James. And it is a series that we're calling Live the Truth. You probably see that on the screen behind me. But what we're doing is we are looking at the general epistle of James. Now, this is a series that we are going to be looking at practical wisdom. That's what is included in the book of James. We're going to be finding tangible ways that we can navigate kind of the way to go, the godly thing to do in a culture that seems to be moving away and further away from truth and from godly living. So as we turn to this book, so often I hear people say, well, you know what, the Bible is old or whatever. It really doesn't have any impact on my life today. Not true. Absolutely not true. So as we look at the book of James, I want us to remember the context. It's always incredibly important. This is a general epistle, and that means it is not written to a specific church, but instead to ethnic Jews who have trusted in Christ for their salvation. That's important. And these are a group of people who then have been dispersed throughout the reason. They faced persecution because of their faith in Christ. So James wants them to have wisdom. He wants them to be smart, to be savvy for that journey. And he wants all who read this letter to have that same savviness, that same wisdom. So let's read together James chapter 1. I want to encourage you to grab your Bibles. Uh, We are going to be looking at James chapter 1. We're going to be reading again in two segments. We're going to start with verses 5 through 8, and then we'll skip down to verse 19. So, let's read together James chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and is tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Now skip down to verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word. And not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once forgets what he was like. 
But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and did not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So much for us to consider there in James' word. There's much there to challenge us. There's much there to encourage us. And that's what we are going to consider today, both sides of that coin, both the challenge part as well as the encourage part. But what James desires that you and I would take away from this is that we would know that God is our source of wisdom. For it is only in him that you and I find true wisdom. This is why the Old Testament prophet writes these words. The Old Testament prophet named Isaiah. He says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span and closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? Who's done that? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? Who has done that? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Who's done that? The quick answer to Isaiah's rhetorical questions is no one. No one has ever taught God anything. He is all-knowing and he is wise. The theological term for this is omniscience. God is omniscient. That's our God. And that's exactly why you and I can read this text today and we can be both challenged and encouraged because of our God. So let's begin with the encouraging part. Let's go back to verse 5. Here we go. If, you, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generally, generously excuse me, to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So let's parse this out and make it a little more personal. If you were stuck in a complex financial situation, if you were in a confusing time in a relationship, If you are at a point in your career where you have reached that fork and you don't know which way to go, James tells you in this moment you should be encouraged. You and I should be encouraged because the one who is omniscient, one who knows everything, he will give you what you need. You guys encouraged by that? If you lack wisdom... James says, ask God. If you lack discernment and understanding, James says, make your request known to him. Come to him in prayer. And then he says, it will be given to you. Church, that's the encouraging part. That is the encouraging part. Now, again, remember the context for here. He's writing to a group of Christ followers who have been dispersed from their homeland. They are in serious need of wisdom because they're not comfortable. They're not in a place where they understand or what what has been their history. 
They need wisdom. And then again, so do we. So do we. And church, this shows us the first of three important truths that you and I are going to interact with today as we consider wisdom. God's wisdom is received upon request. God's wisdom is received upon request. Some of you might be thinking, wait a minute, pastor. Are you telling me that if I just simply ask God for wisdom, I ask God for understanding, he's going to give it to me? Is is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying because that is what James tells us in his letter. That's what he wrote to the believers who were dispersed. So here's what that means for you and me. In the face of a two-year-old global pandemic, In the face of mandates, in the face of vaccines, in the face of labor concerns, in the face of inflation, in the face of fear, we we can trust that our God will give us wisdom to navigate all of it. All of it. That's a game changer, isn't it? I mean, if we believe God's word, if we would say, you know, I came into this this worship center today and I sat down and I'm opening God's word and I want you to teach me, Pastor, what does this say? I want you to know and I want to stand upon this word and this, what we're looking at today, is a game changer. Because God, the one who is all-knowing, willingly gives out wisdom to his people. That is the heart of our God. But that leads us to a couple different questions, doesn't it? Two specific questions come to mind, at least in my heart when I'm wrestling with this text. Why and how? Why would God do that? And how does he do that? How are we supposed to connect? How are we supposed to tap into that wisdom? Well, again, here's more encouragement for those of us who are in faith. First, the why. Because God desires a relationship with his people. He longs for connection with you and with me. That is the heart of our God. One of my seminary professors, a theologian, a brilliant guy by the name of John Frame, he put it this way. He said, he, God, does not want to be like a machine that dispenses goods. But he wants to truly, really be your father and with that comes relationship a father has a relationship and so when you and I come to God and we ask him for wisdom we are relating to God because of our relationship with him we have because of Christ because of what Jesus did for you and for me on the cross by God's grace through our faith we have that resource so that's the why next question is well how I mean it's nice that you're saying that when we're in church but how do I tap into that on Monday and on Wednesday when we lean into our relationship that we have with the father because of Christ and do that through prayer 
That's right. When we talk, when we listen to our Heavenly Father, when we turn to Him and ask Him for whatever it is that we have need of, this means we connect to our relationship with our God. We leverage that relationship. We come to Him, seeking Him, desiring more of Him and more of what He wants for us. Now, we do that with humble, open hands, open-hearted posture. We humble ourselves and ask. And this is the way that our omniscient God gives to us with an eager and loving heart. For those of us who are parents in the room, we understand this pretty well, don't we? When our children come to us, very few of us or very, very rarely do we say, no, not interested in blessing you. No. Culturally, we know this to be true because we've just come through Christmas. Did a little research, and according to Lending Tree, 36% of all Americans spend an average of $1,200 more than what they could afford on Christmas presents. Wrap your mind around that. More than one third of every American spent $1,200 more. I didn't say they spent $1,200, I said they spent $1,200 more than what they could afford. Why would they do that? Many likely did it because they want to give nice things to those they love. They want to give. They want to be a blessing. It's rooted in relationship. So the questions for us to consider, we've got a few of them. What are you dealing with right now? I'm not going to ask you to tell the person next to you or anything. That would be weird. But what is it that you are dealing with right now? You walked into this room today and you have something that is burdening you. Have you brought it to God? I mean, he is all-knowing and he is omniscient, so I don't necessarily need to bring it to God, right? He knows. But have you brought it to God? That is the humble posture that he invites us to in relationship. Have you brought it to God? Have you run to your heavenly Father in humble words of prayer? Because what this text teaches us, that when it comes to understanding, when it comes to wisdom, we should. We should do that. We should run to God. We should seek him because your Father, my Father, loves us so much and he, he wants to bless us with that with an understanding in our time of need. Now, let's continue on and pick it up at verse 6. Let's return to our text, James chapter 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You guys remember when I started the service, I said, hey, we're going to talk about something from this text that's both encouraging and we're going to talk about something that's challenging. This, <laughs> this would be the challenging part. 
because of what we've just read there in verses 6 through 8 is one of the most misunderstood, misused, and manipulated segments of the entire New Testament. This is challenging. Not because it's not true, but because it's been misused so often. You see, this isn't about making any kind of self-serving request to God. Whatever we want, we just run to God. If you just believe, He'll give it to you. Church, that's prosperity thinking, and that is not what James is talking about. And I can stand on that truth because of one word, context. Context. It matters what we're engaging with. Remember, James is writing to a group of struggling people who are on the move. He's not talking about blessing them with financial blessing. He's speaking to them on giving them wisdom and direction for how to navigate the difficulties of life. That's what he's talking about. Not the best stuff that the world has to offer. He's not saying that if you and I just believe, he's going to bless you with anything you want, whatever your heart desires. That's not what's going on here. So if you've heard that, There's two ways that you've heard that. Either one, the person was cruel and mean, or they don't understand the scriptures very well. Because that's not good Bible exegesis. That's not good Bible reading to take something completely out of context and create what you want. That's not how we read the Bible. We come to the Bible and we submit to its authority. Again, James is writing to God's people. He's writing because he has a relationship with them and he wants to give them wisdom for their lives. But then you get to verse 6 and you say, well, wait a second, Pastor, what does he mean by no doubting? That's a great question. A quick look at the definition of doubt kind of two types of doubt. There's this kind of uncertainty that comes into play when we're talking about doubt. And then the other one is sort of a distrust. Different levels, to be sure. James is addressing the latter. Now, we know this because we all have times in our lives where we have uncertainty, don't we? I mean, many times we go, well, can that happen? I'm not sure. Will that happen? I don't know. We have uncertainty about those situations. You and I face that many times on the faith journey. We don't know the next step or eight steps ahead always. What James is addressing right here is a deeper level. And this deeper level kind of is a mistrust or a distrust or a doubt. I don't trust the goodness of God. That's what he's talking about. And if you don't trust the goodness of God when you are praying, if you don't understand that, then your prayers are going to fall flat. Do you catch the difference? There's a significant difference between just a measure of uncertainty, I don't know how this is going to play out, and I doubt that God is good. I don't trust that God desires my best 
for me or for his church or for his people in this setting. This is what James means when he talks about being double-minded. That one moment you're coming to God in prayer and the next minute you're thinking, you know what, maybe the world has better answers. Maybe the world has more wisdom. I'm not sure that God has my best interest in mind. So all of these things help us to see our second truth today. God's wisdom is requested in faith. God's wisdom, when we approach God, when we request it in faith. You see, God invites us to trust in him. To trust in his goodness. He invites us to ask for wisdom, for clarity, for direction, for understanding. And to do so believing in the power of the one who is omniscient. Believing in him. So church, we know our need for wisdom. And we know who has this wisdom and who desires to impart that wisdom to us. The final thing we're going to look at today is where all of this leads. Where it goes. So let's return back to the text. Pick it up at verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of men does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once he forgets what he looks like. He walks away from the mirror and he has no idea. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and the one who perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. And we are going to stop right there. Again, that's a lot to process, isn't it? I'm going to break it down for us very simply. God's wisdom is not solely for reflection and contemplation. God's wisdom is not just something that kind of bounces around in our head, that we just sort of sit down and reflect on it a while and go, that's awesome. It doesn't reside solely in the halls of academia and it doesn't reside solely in the thickest theological book that you can find. Wisdom has purpose. And that gives us our third truth today. God's wisdom results in action. God's wisdom results in action. Look at the commands that James highlights for us in that text we just read. Verse 19, be quick to hear, be slow to speak, slow to anger. That's a call to righteous living for God's people. Go to verse 21 again at the end. Put away filthiness and wickedness. Again, that is a call to action. It is a call to righteous living for God's people. Verse 22, be doers 
of the Word, not hearers only. Is there a more clear call than that? I mean, really, in all of Scripture, is there a more clear, direct call to righteous living than that? Right there. Church, that's the call of the gospel. That is the call of the gospel. This is why Jesus came to earth to redeem a people for himself, not just so that you and I can get a ticket to heaven. That's part of the deal, but that is not the main part of the deal. God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to redeem a people unto himself and to transform us into the image, into the likeness of the Son. You see, this means that out of the overflow of God's grace to us, you and I are called to live differently. We are called to be different. We don't just come to church on a Sunday, sing a few songs, listen to some guy talk about the Bible, and then live contrary to that the rest of the week. It's not what it's about. God's people are called, you and I are called to live out the wisdom that he is imparting to us. And it has practical, tangible application in our lives. It should move us to action. That's why James explains in verses 23 through 25 the importance of looking at God's word, at reflecting upon it, and then putting it into action because that's how you and I receive a blessing. That's how. So as we close today, I want to leave you with a a few personal questions, a few personal things for us to wrestle with as we leave. We've heard James' word that is both an encouragement to us that we can ask for wisdom, but it's also a challenge for us as it pertains to wisdom. So here are the questions. Are you regularly asking for wisdom? Then do you have faith to believe that your God will impart wisdom to you when you ask? And finally, does the wisdom that God gives you, does it flow out of you and represent what you believe? Church family, mature faith, a mature faith seeks wisdom. So may we be a people who seek it. May we be a people who believe it. And may we be a people who put it into action. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org slash connect to introduce yourself today.